Hey everybody, my family and friends, I want to welcome you to today's Bridge Building Solutions podcast. I'm always excited to have an opportunity to speak into your life, to share some things with you and give you an opportunity to share some things back with me. And as always, I hope that we're going to open up our hearts and we're going to open up our minds and we're going to be willing to learn some things. You know, everything we know is not all there is to learn. We are all growing and becoming. And so we just need to take a collective breath, sit back, not be defensive and open up our hearts to learn. Can I share a little story with you to start this podcast off in 1980? And I know that that was a long time ago. God called Pastor Ann and I into the ministry. But how many of you know that just because God asks you to do something doesn't mean that you're going to say yes? We were 26 years old. Ministry was not where we thought we were headed. But when God asks you to do something, you're faced with the opportunity to say yes or no. And, you know, the reality is, is we had no experience. We had no Bible training, but we said yes. Obviously, we had a love for him and we have a love for people. We've always had a love for him and a love for people. And somehow he, over the last 40 years, has been able to use us. Ten years into our journey, and that's when things really started to get interesting, he led us to pioneering a new work here in Des Moines called Cornerstone Family Church. Our calling was to be a family-based ministry, and here's the unique part of that, that would build bridges across ethnic, cultural, denominational, and generational divides. And you know, as I, as I think about that, Unbeknown to me, the division that existed in the body of Christ, the church, the racism, the bigotry, the downright disregard for people who didn't fit into a certain box. You know, we've all got our little boxes that we live in, that we function in, that we believe in, that we operate in, that we in so many ways expect other people to fit into. But how many of you know you cannot put God in a box. And the reality is all that division, all of that stuff that was happening inside of the church always has been a disdain to God. He hates it. And he was looking for some people. I want you to hear this. He has always been looking for some people who would be willing to take first steps towards bringing about the healing that is so needed in the body of Christ. I remember early in my ministry, I found Jesus's final prayer in John chapter 17. And a big part of that prayer was that we would all find our way into oneness, that we would not allow ourselves to be continually divided. But here's the thing. Today, there are scores of white Christians across the country that are waking up to the fact that something is horribly wrong. The divisiveness in our church, in our families, in our relationships across ethnic and cultural divides has gotten worse and not better. And that is an abomination. That is not right. That is not the way that it should be. But the reality is, even with that awareness that something is horribly wrong, most people don't have a clue as to what to do about it. And even when they think about it, sometimes fear takes over. Sometimes they just become paralyzed because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. 
but deep down in their hearts, they want to be a part of the process. In this space, and I like to call it a safe, non-judgmental space, we're learning how to build some bridges across those ethnic cultural divides that have kept us so ignorant, ignorant, and I like to say separated for so long. You know, the reality is in this world that we live in, there's so much rancor, there's so much judgment, there's so many people that are doing so many hurtful things, thinking that they're operating on the side of good. But that rancor, all of that stuff keeps people from engaging, keeps people from taking their first steps and getting involved in the healing process. But in spite of that, there is a lot of us that are fighting our way into oneness. And I hope that you are going to be those one, one of those people that join us in this journey. I, I want to, again, quote Albert Einstein. He said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use to create them. Um, the truth is, the reality is, is, is we need some we need some new thinking. So in this space called Bridge Building Solutions, I'm hopeful that we can find some new thinking, some new, new tools that we need to build them their bridges, because I know that you want to be a bridge builder. So uh, again, today, I just want to jump in here, but I, I also want to know how you're doing. I hope that you'll reach out to me sometime, you know, leave a comment, you know, uh, participate in the discussion, give me a shout out or do whatever you do on social media. And I realize, you know, here at Bridge Building Solutions, this, this is a, a brand new podcast. So if you'd like to get notifications on our latest episodes that come out, I want you to make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Bridge Building Solutions on your favorite podcast app. We're on most of them. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and a whole lot more. Or you can just visit our website at bridgebuildingsolutions.com. There's an opportunity. There's a tab there that you can subscribe to, and we'll keep you abreast about what is going on here at Bridge Building Solutions. All right, so today... I'm going to pose another question to you. And that question today is, how can I help foster racial healing? How can I be a part of the healing process that needs to take place in our country, in our communities, and especially in our churches? So here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to make an assumption. And that assumption is, is that you are keenly aware that something is horribly wrong, that racism is real, and the church doesn't seem to be doing much about it. You want to help, but you don't know where to start. You don't know how to start. The idea of getting involved makes your palms sweat. The idea of having a conversation with somebody just is right now impossible because fear takes over and it paralyzes you. But here's the thing that I believe. I believe that because you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, he won't let you let it go. He is poking you to find the help that you need to get started. I know that sometimes we just all wish that being a part of a diverse community, you know, we have people of color, friendships in our lives, you know, we at work and even in our church, we, we, we would hope that having a few cross-cultural friendships would be enough, but the truth is it's not. As beautiful as that is, 
on the outside. And it is, I've had, I've been a part of a diverse community. I've had cross-cultural friendships and it is a beautiful thing, but as beautiful as it is on the outside, we can't stop there. We have to do the hard internal work of getting to know each other. I, I, I like to say getting to experience each other. And many times in a diverse environment or on the surface with some cross-cultural friends, it's not enough. Gaining real understanding, finding empathy and compassion towards other people's experience, especially when they are different than yours, is not always the easiest thing in the world to do, It's but, but it's what we have to do. And as a believer, I, I, I'm going to promise you, you're going to find out some things about yourself in this journey that you're not going to like, but that's got to be okay. You know, repentance is a part of our process. When we see things in us, experience in our things in ourselves that are not right, that are sinful, then what does Jesus ask us to do? Confess it and repent of it. Why? So that we can be free. So again, the big question of the day is how can I, how can I foster, help foster racial healing? One answer is what we talked about in our last podcast. Don't be an uninformed expert. Open up your heart to listen and to learn from perspectives that are different from your own. Recognize that when we make statements or judgments out of ignorance, out of judgment, rather than what we've learned, I like to say it this way, out of what we've heard rather than what we've learned, it can be so hurtful. It can actually cause trauma in the hearts of people of color. Makes us as brothers and sisters in Christ seem so uncaring and so hurtful. And I know that's not what you want to do. I know that's that's not what you want to cause. So educate yourself about race. You know, don't worry about getting into a conversation. Don't worry about jumping into the the, the fray, so to speak. Start here. Educate yourself about race. Shut the news off and start reading some good books. Start listening to some podcasts that are authored and produced by people outside of your own cultural experience. Listen to some podcasts and learn about what race really is. But here's what we're going to do here. In this podcast, over the next few weeks, over the next, let me say it this way, over the next four podcasts, let's talk about some specific steps that you and I can take to help foster the healing that needs to take place. That will, I like to say it this way, get us unstuck and get us into the journey. I like to call them the four R's of racial reckoning. Again, the four R's of racial reckoning. Let me just kind of introduce them to you today. And then over the next uh, four podcasts, we'll break these down a little bit. The four R's of racial reckoning. They are relationships. We all need to have relationships in our lives that cross over ethnic and cultural um, lines. It's okay to have friends outside of your little box. If all of the friends that you have in your life or all of the relationships that you have in your life fit into your little box, 
then maybe you need to open that door, get outside of your box and begin to build relationships outside of that, that experience that you have in your life. The second uh, word that I want to talk about is remembering. You know, sometimes people are afraid to remember, to dig up the past. You know, we just want to put it behind us, put it under the rug, but it's an important part of our journey. And then a lot of times that's going to lead us to the third R, which is repenting. We need to have relationships. We need to remember. But then we're going to find out about some things in our lives that we need to repent of. And again, that's okay. If there's something wrong in my life, if there's something that's hurting me, holding me back, keeping me from being who I need to be to whoever, then I want to repent of that. I want to get that out of my life. I want to turn away from it. And then the third R is called repairing. Repairing. You know, the Bible refers to us as a repairer of the breach. We are repairers. We are to help bring about the ministry of reconciliation. We're, we're just supposed to help people be reconciled to God and then reconciled to ourselves. So if, and I, and I say, I want to say, I hope, but if you can hang with me over the next few podcasts, we're going to break these four things down into steps that you can take to get you unstuck and on the journey that you want to take. But in closing here, let me let me let me give you a, a, a little a preview. Relationships. OK, that's the first R that we're going to uh, jump into. How many of you know that a lot of people who serve God don't necessarily serve it? serve him because um, they, they, they just, they want to do stuff for him. A lot of times people find themselves serving God for what they can get out of him. Think about our, our prayers and our prayer life. So many times it's when we're in trouble, when we have a need, you know, when we need help, we're asking him for this and that. Not, not many times do we go to him and say, Lord, I'm here for you today. How, how can I help you? How can I be a part of what you're doing? A lot of times, the same thing carries over into our relationships with other people. You know, but the reality is a friendship that is based on what the other person can bring to the table is not really a friendship. So, you know, we're not just going to go out and build relationships so that they can help us do what we need to do. We need to seek to develop the relationships that we already have. Let me say it this way. We need to seek to develop meaning relationships across ethnic and cultural lines with the people that we already have in our life. If you just look up and look around, you might be surprised who you have in your circle of friendships, who you already have in your life. I really want to dig into this one because this one is so important. When you have relationships with people across ethnic and cultural lines, it changes everything. It changes. It should change our hearts. It should change our desire and our want to learn and to become a better friend. All right. The second R that we're going to jump into, the word beginning with R, is remembering. Like I said a little earlier, I know that there are a lot of Christians who don't want to deal with the past, but telling people to forget about the past and just move on is a little disingenuous. When somebody is hurting, the worst thing you can do is say, you just need to get over it and you need to just move on. 
What if we've been told, what if what we've been told about the past has been glossed over? What if we've been lied to about the past? What if the major elements of our past have been written out, written out? How does that help? James Baldwin, one of my favorite new authors, made, a, made this statement, and it goes like this. White people are trapped in a history they don't understand. And until they understand it, they cannot be released from it. Guys, we, we can't deny the past. We can't live in the past, but we need to remember the past. And whatever has been done, whatever has been uh, created to hold people who we care about back, then we need to be willing to do something. How can you deny sin? You know, if you just sweep it under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist, how can you ever be free from it? And we are a product of our past. So we need to dig back into that a little bit. Jesus taught us to confess our sin, to get it out into the open. Why? So that we could be free. And then lastly, the fourth word that we're going to dig into is the word repenting. I'm sorry, the third word that we're going to dig into is the word repenting. You know, no one likes to bear the weight of guilt and shame. But when you embrace it, you position yourself to do better. When you, when you, when you deal with it, when you, when you uh, repent of it, when you, you get it off your back and you position yourself to do better, to, to not make the same mistakes, the act of repentance allows the Holy Spirit to set you free. Nothing more big, biblical than repenting of the things that we need to. And then lastly, the word repairing. I'm so looking forward to dealing with each one of these things with a little more time. But I want to, I, I want to, what does that look like? What does that mean to be a repairer? Am I responsible for the past? Am I responsible um, to, to, to help be a part of the repair that needs to take place because of what's been done in the past? Can I, can I continue to dismiss it? and avoid conversations or any discussion or actions as it relates to this thing called repair. I, I want to close with a, a passage from Isaiah. It's, it's Isaiah chapter 58, and I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. And it's a lot of scripture, but I want you to, I want you to just listen to God's heart towards us as it relates to being a repairer. In Isaiah chapter 58, it says, this is the kind of fast day I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, free the oppressed, and cancel the debts. What I'm interested in is seeing you do this, sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You will call out for help and I will say, here I am. If you get rid of unfair practices, 
Quit blaming victims. Quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourself to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered gar garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use old the old rubble of past lives to build anew, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You will be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable livable again. I, I love that passage of scripture, and I hope that you'll meditate on that this week. We're going to dig deeper into this next time. But here's the thing. Repair is a part of our mission. I want to recommend a book to you today before we go, and it's called How to Fight Racism, Courageous Christianity, and the Journey Towards Racial Justice. This book is by Jamar Tisby. If you haven't got this in your library, I want to encourage you to get that. Why am I uh, recommending this book to you? Because I know you have a heart to grow and I know that you want to be a part of this. So, okay, that's enough for today. You know, and, and I'm looking forward to our opportunity to get together next time and to break down these four R's. But until then, may we be people of peace with voices of hope, willing to do the hard work of love. I love you and I'll see you next time.